Welcome to Mirror Fitness, the official podcast of Great Lakes Salem, episode 29. This is Paul, Mike, and Trav. And I pop a Tylenol with coffee because Sunday I made the awful decision to go a full day without caffeine. And if I had to guess, I think that's what childbirth must feel like. <laughs> There's that. Oh, bad headache. Sounds horrible. Yeah. Bad, bad <laughs> headache. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nagging headache. Yeah, just a nagging headache. So I imagine that's what childbirth was like. Oh. So I've, I've hello to all of our female listeners. I've, I guess I've been through it, ladies. I know what you feel. <laughs> I didn't drink coffee once per day. Uh, I can totally empathize. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. No, well, that's a fitting intro because this uh, episode is about energy. Oh it my is. God, Mike! It nice is. segue. Yes, right. That's right. We did a uh, something a little different, and um, we went over to Cherryland Electric, and we were guests on their podcast, which is called uh, Co-op Energy, which I was just actually listening to. They published the episode we're going to publish. Oh, really? Uh, nice. Feed. And they had an amazing setup. That was sweet. A nice setup. Mics on the monitor arms with the filters in front. And All right. They got a whole separate producer guy. Caught on my spittle before I hit the microphone. You know I think it was me. I heard, I was listening to, because they sent me the sound file too, and I was listening to it like last week. There's somebody breathing. <laughs> I think it was me. Because you can hear it. Just, it's, yeah. It's like, damn it. I think, I mean, it's not like Darth Vader. I'm yeah. like, damn it. You know, because I, it's like, well, the filter's going to. Filter it out. Do its job. It's going to stop everything but my voice. And I, I was like, so I was up like close to the mic the whole time. And I mean, they were super sensitive. I could have just leaned back and been fine. So they did tell us in your defense, they told us, you know, get closer so you did get less room noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, closer to the microphone. So. so, but so, yeah, you can. But Travis and I, we held our breath the entire time. 40 minutes. minutes. That's impressive. 40 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Managed to talk, too. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. No, it turned out really good. I mean, production quality is really nice. Our our hearts are in sales. Paul, we can talk on any circumstance. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't underwater. Matter. Underwater. <laughs> yep. Put us in space. Jesus. Right? <laughs> okay. No, yeah. I can, Somehow I can, they produce sound in a vacuum. Yeah. I can definitely see the sales right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good. We talked about the loan program. Talked about solar. Uh, just, just a little bit about each other's businesses and... They, they invited us back. I think it'd be pretty yeah, they've fun. Been a, Good yep. time. No, they've been a great partner uh, over the years. and uh, Both in supplying us electricity mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. as well as other programs. Loan programs, which we talked about. And yeah. rebate programs to help us save energy and conserve. So. Yep. And I'm personally a material land customer. You may not be, though. I'm not. You're consumers, right? Yep. Yeah. So the material land isn't, isn't out. You're only like four miles from me, but. Yeah. 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 It's it's different. Your service area is kind of weird. I've never seen a map, but I'm sure it's all. You know. Yeah, I'm not sure how it deter- how they determine. Maybe next time we can ask them how they oh. determine who gets what service. Yeah, yeah. Write down a list you know. of questions and why you know. I heard they have a pit in the basement at Cherryland, and a representative from each. Oh, they just go at it. Runners. Yep, one comes out. And that's <laughs> that's uh, like Thunderdome. Up, Thunderdome. Up, up for grabs is Grant Township. Okay, up for Grant Township. Representing Cherryland is uh, in this corner. <laughs> yeah, oh. no holds barred. Grant. All right, underground yeah. Friday night fights, yeah. metal folding chairs, anything goes. Yeah. Ladders. 
Oh, ladder matches for sure. Ladder matches. That's how I picture it. <laughs> Cage fights. <laughs> Jot that down so we can talk to them about that next time. No, I'd like to know more good, about it. That's a good recommendation. Like, if you're not yeah. doing this, you should be doing this. <laughs> what weak fighter <laughs> went into the pit yeah. when my account was up for grabs? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because now I'm on consumers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I, I was telling them, I think I've lost, the, the longest I ever lost power was like three days, and it was over 10 years ago where some nasty storm ripped through Thompsonville. You know, took down a bunch of trees. And, I mean, the yeah, we're really good. We live in close to town on consumers, and we've lost power just repeatedly over the last. Uh, oh, really? Really? Over the last year. Yeah, including uh, almost full day on the last time. I mean, there were quite a fair number of outages, but I mean, you know, we're up at South Airport and Westover Lake. And they, in fact, so many that they just sent us a letter that said, oh, we're going to switch you to a different circuit. Holy crap. Wow. Mm hmm. I mean, I've lived in my house for, what, a couple of years now? And I think my power has flickered off three times there. Okay. No more. I think the longest outage might have been 15 minutes. Mm. That was it. But I'm, like, down in a valley at the bottom of a hill, so yeah. I might yeah, they, got, they, they said it was trees, but um, it's gone out a couple times after a very loud boom <laughs> from over that area. <laughs> that was not the boom of a tree falling. No. no. You hear the, hear the, all of a sudden the lights go, flicker, 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 boom! Yeah, yeah. Ooh, they're out. I'm like, yeah, I don't think a tree just fell on that. Remember when we fired up that 50 ton chiller at OptiTemp and blew the transformer? Yeah, I wasn't there that day. <laughs> you were, that's right. I wasn't. You were yeah. having your liver replaced. I think that was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was out for a few months then. Yeah, Kirk fired up because he fired everything up at once. <laughs> like, everything on this 50 ton <laughs> chiller. And literally, like, you heard the transformer just blow up outside of the shop. <laughs> Boom! Yeah. So they came out and replaced everything. He does the exact same thing again. Did it blow? Oh, yeah, blew it again. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know that it did it again. That's yeah, I have it twice. I can't believe, I can't believe that. Uh, I mean, I can believe it would do it once because sometimes Transformers go if it's yeah. like the end of its life yeah. or something. But sure. generally, I can't believe that the building service would allow it to draw enough current oh. across that transformer to bl- sure. actually blow a new yeah. would there be a breaker in, in yeah in either a breaker or, or yeah something. some you know where the you know where the building services actually exceeds the capacity of the transformer seems yeah. unusual I, to me. I was told that regardless of where you were in that building it sounded like a shotgun right by your ear it's it so loud it's <laughs> so loud and then the transformer was right outside the man door like where you know, I was like right in the corner. There was the door that went outside is by this, the offices. Is this the new building? Or the nope, old building? the old one. The old building. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. those were the first 50 tons. We were building for Kodak. Yep. Oh, we built because the enclosures yeah, for yeah. that. That was a nightmare. Yeah, the new ones you awful. built the enclosures for. This was for the first ones. These were the big, the, the were they 50s? I'd say they were 50s. They were giant. Oh, yeah. The ones you made them for was that dark textured powder yeah, coat. Yeah, that dark mm-hmm. textured these powder coat with a radius on it. Yeah, yeah you guys these, made those. Oh, my God. Those parts were so hard. I mean, they're just not engineered by anyone who had any idea about sheet metal. Huh? What? Holy cow. Wow. We, we, and we, we were know these, so busy you know trying to get these personally. impossible parts through. What a nightmare. Yeah. We know those people oh. personally and can confirm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I remember those. Yeah. That was like memories right, are coming back. I'm rocking right, back and forth in my like, chair. Was that during Kodak's like last stand on the hill? Yeah, uh, that yeah. was their uh, that was their custer moment. We missed out on digital cameras that we invented. Custer moment. Yeah, it was a custer moment. Custer last moment. Stand. Yep. Last stand. Yeah. Missed out on digital cameras. We're gonna do it. What were the? What were you guys making? What were the chillers for? I think it was, was actually for digital printing. Yeah, mag- like magazine. 
it was like they said the belts on those things moved at 60 miles an hour or something. Yeah. Hmm. So high speed, like 500 pages a minute magazine quality printing. Yeah, they didn't quite get that going fast enough, did they? Now we did they some, we did some heat exchangers for them after that mm-hmm. for quite a while. Yeah, with those two-inch mm-hmm. aluminum manifolds. Yeah. That's crazy. Dan, Dan sent me a really interesting video on um, disruption, disruption on industries and things. In 2000, the year 2000 was Kodak's biggest year ever of film sales. Biggest year ever. Mm. Highest revenue ever in the year 2000. By 2013, they were bankrupt, out of business. Yeah. Yeah, that's so fast. You got to change with the times. I mean, look at Blockbuster. Yeah, I mean that's a change with the times, but that's uh, that is such a tall order for a business. How I mean, like if you're had just had your biggest year ever, why would you change? If you're in the boardroom saying, "Listen, we got to can that crap." Yeah, Yeah. I know we just made seven billion dollars, but you guys got to go into this. Somebody a, sold two hundred thousand dollars of this last year. That's an excellent point. Yeah, that'd be your last day at that company. That's yeah, an right. Excellent point. That's right. Yeah. How do you get that? Th- I mean, it's a How do you really get that message across. Get that message across, or I mean, just you can understand. Hopefully, you can conceive how unbelievably difficult it would be yeah. to actually affect the change in an industry mm-hmm. like that. And even over the next years, as you see those sales start to erode, still billions of dollars of revenue. Yeah, and now you're five or six years in, and the whole organization starts realizing trouble. You missed the boat already. Yeah, you can't catch up on that. Yeah, I mean, now you, not that you can't, but boy, it gets harder and harder. I guess there is one single blockbuster left. Yeah, in Bend, Oregon. Yeah, it's in Oregon. Yeah, and it's like it's a tourist attraction now. <laughs> and apparently, there was another one in Australia. Closed, so now they are the last one on the planet. They have an amazing Twitter. Account. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Look that up. Yeah, yeah. The last blockbuster. And I think we have listeners in Australia. So, good eye, mates. I don't know. Go to the shrimp on the Bobby. Oh God, <laughs> that's not an Americans. Stupid. And uh, thanks for listening. We understand this was not your last episode. So, crikey. Crikey, Mike. Just hit every one of them. Yeah. Just <laughs> right. yeah. The shrimp on the bar. Oh. Knife. Crikey. Oh. Yeah. Through, yeah. through the list of, of stereotypes, Australian stereotypes yeah. that yeah. Americans believe. Yeah. Like, you guys are all drunk and racist, right, too? That's, right? Isn't that? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, that's oh, what I've read, man. so it's well, true. We, we still have some video rental stores out here, too, that you're talking about. Family one, video. Family video. I see they sell, uh, they, they're buying used phones and selling CBD products there now, according to Yeah, them. they're running out of space. <laughs> There's also, uh, is it Qdoba that's in the on the other side of that, the one on the airport? Oh, maybe the one on the airport, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that, but yeah, the, like they, they keep leasing out space as the sales dwindle. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. yeah, the one, the one right, right up here around the corner. Did I ever tell you guys about meeting? I don't know how true this is. If the guy was just full of shit or what. My honeymoon was down in the Caymans. And, Think you're better okay, than me? Just hold on. Take it easy. It was a gift, all right? And yes, I do, but not for that reason. (laughs) And so, it was a long time ago, and there's a lot of alcohol involved. But we're all chilling out in the hot tub, out in front of the condo complex. And this dude stumbles up, the older guy, with a bottle of vodka, and plops in. Apparently, he is like the founder of Family Video, like the OG guy. Right? And I don't know if it was the alcohol or what, but he was the most bigoted, racist person I have ever met in my entire life. Heard it here first, folks. Yeah. 
<laughs> from the source. I mean, homophobic, racist, you name it. And I'm like, hmm. like I have never, I grew up in Virginia. I've never heard anyone talk like this. He could have been like uh, an agent saboteur for like Blockbuster, though. You know, they just send him around mm-hmm. to talk yeah. to people. And he just, was yeah. the, uh, what's the, in the chocolate factory, the guy that works for Willy Wonka that was trying to get the, the gobstoppers from the kids. You know what I'm talking about? Come on. You never seen that? Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. Oh, no. No, Willy yeah. Wonka and the chocolate factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm aware there's such a right? thing. Right? Yeah. Not, not the crappy one with Johnny Depp, but yeah, a yeah. good one with Gene Wilder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the guy with the, I forget his name, but with the, the bowler hat and the glasses that he hired to get the Everlasting Gobstoppers from the kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you talking about him? Okay. I got nothing. No? Have you ever seen that movie? I'm not sure. It was a classic. I don't think I have. My parents didn't let me have candy. <laughs> Unless you watch movies? Huh? About candy? No, we didn't have a TV until <laughs> I was like eight or nine. Really? It was like a 13 inch black and white that we got. Mm-hmm. It was a UP thing. Huh? Is it? No. You in the UP at the time? Oh, for part of it. Yeah, we moved to Traverse City when I was seven, so there's a couple of years here. And people felt sorry for us. Actually, gave I, us know, a, they actually gave us a TV because they were like, you don't have a TV? You, your childhood is still this mystery, just shrouded in. Secrets. We had one of those TVs, and then at one point, I do remember, we had a TV with a remote, but the remote was corded, like a cord to the TV. You're not that much older than me. I, I went to a one-room schoolhouse, grades uh, one through six, in one building. Yeah, I do remember you mentioning that. Yeah. It's like every episode, something else comes out about Mike's childhood. It just blows my mind. We went back up there. I couldn't believe the distance my parents would let me walk as like a five or six-year-old like oh, yeah? across these fields of the neighbor's house. I was like, wow. No, Sometimes bad. you're like, wow, I feel like I went miles across those fields, and you go back, and you're like, it was basically two backyards. Oh, yeah, Maybe it wasn't yeah. that far. Now I'm back, I'm like, wow, that is not right next door. <laughs> That's the UP. Whole lot of nothing. Yeah, go straight there, into the woods, through the ravine, yeah, yeah. up the hill, and then they're at the Jetsons' house. Yeah. <laughs> they send you with, like, rope and carabiners. And, oh, no. No? Lucky <laughs> if I had a spring jacket. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The five-year-old, the coil of rope, <laughs> trudging through the field, like, oh, I've got to rappel down this cliff right. to get to the neighbor's house. Yeah, exactly. Oh. But no, you're right, that Twitter account for the Blockbuster is amazing. Yeah, it's really good. They throw shade at Family Video. and Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just awesome stuff. But yeah, it's a tourist attraction now. You can just go and check out the last Blockbuster on Earth. They still have, like, the VHS cassette cases. Puffy uh, ones, you know? Well, oh, I yeah. Know. I have no idea, but... If they have, do remember those. Oh yeah. Please be kind. Rewind. Rewind. Yep. My kids. Are Did like, you ever rewind the, what? Did you ever have the separate video rewinder? Mm-hmm. Oh no. I never uh-huh. had one either, but I knew people that did. Yep. Oh, that upper crust. They always had oh, yeah. that. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You didn't have to wait to watch the next movie. You just take it up and put it in the rewinder. Yeah. That was that was Gets to the end, and yeah, you forget about that. You gotta, I mean, you gotta rewind it. Yeah. Yeah. And those old VCRs took a long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you had the TV on, you could watch it. You yeah, know, yeah. The frame just... Yeah, that was a long time. Well, that's a scan rewind. The quick rewind to pull the reading head off the tape. Yeah. That's it. true. And my cousins had uh, Betamax. Ooh. Yeah. I never had one. I, I, heard heard I don't know if I've ever seen one. I heard the Betamax. Betamax was better technology. Yep. You yeah. know, might have never had to go to... Uh, 
you know, DVDs if they just stuck with Betamax. Do you know just why kidding. VHS went out over, over Betamax? It's the same reason Blu-ray went out over HD DVD. It's because uh, that's the format the porn industry adopted. What? Yes. That's why VHS beat Betamax. That's why Blu-ray beat HD DVD. Where are you getting your information, sir? Look it up, man. Look it up. I don't think I want to do an online work server. No. At all. From all places. That's why that form, those formats ended up beating the other ones. That is because uh, of the sheer volume. Sadly, completely believable and it sounds is. reasonable and totally accurate. Yeah. Yep. The sheer volume that the porn industry produces. Of video. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. That's why. Oh, that's it. Yeah. That's what runs the world, man. See? We're all learning something. Old mm-hmm. white people and porn. That's what that's what runs the world, period. Don't, that's my, don't vote. That's that's pointless. That's what I'm saying. Don't vote. <laughs> it's not going to matter anyway. Oh. Well. <laughs> seems that the lights have gone out on our intro as it's turned very dark. <laughs> Usually does. Yeah, we have one like this. It's kind of free. I'm going to segue everything into uh, electricity and Cherryland for our intro. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. just got that. Speaking mm-hmm. of dark, Cherryland and electric. Keeping the lights on. There you That's go. right. Like the pun master. Keeping the pun game strong. No, no pun. It was just a clever tie-in to the topic. Yeah, check out Cherryland's podcast. And Oh, I did go. And apparently, we've got even more listeners in even more different countries. Vietnam's on there. Yeah, yeah. Vietnam, Malaysia, Ukraine. We talked about Ukraine. About Good morning, the, Vietnam. Oh. Come on, give me another country. Okay. Um, Japan. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> uh, uh, France, which... Well, I'm going to do a lot of jokes about like France right now. Okay, yeah, well. They're going through a rough time right now. How do you say I'm sorry in French? My sympathy. I don't know. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> You know, say merci. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh God. Oh. That's a shitty situation over there. Yeah. I'm interested to find out how it started. I wonder. Uh, somebody knocked torch over while working so? on the spire. See, I think because it's in it's in France, it's someone like distastefully flicking a cigarette butt while complaining <laughs> about something. <laughs> Holy cow! This is bullshit. Flicks the cigarette. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure that's how that happened. Oh. Catches on with his acetone soaked tarp and just. How yeah. terrible would you feel if your one started that fire, dude? Holy right. cow, man! And if, I mean, if it's pure accident, all right. But just to be the person, even if it's pure accident, yeah, it's it's pure like accident. Burn down, you burn down Notre Dame. An oh, 800 man. year old global icon, the most visited church in the world, right? I did read an article that said, you know, those places that the construction and everything, he's like, they were built to burn. He's like, oh, really? if, they, if it wasn't a church, they'd all be condemned if they weren't churches. Oh, they're so da- dangerous. Just to, oh, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, you probably I thought they used a lot of stone in those. I mean, yeah, stone on the outside, but the whole okay. frame and the whole roof system, there's no fire stops or, it's yeah. all, you know, 800 years. It's that a big chimney been dr- is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not kidding. That's exactly it is. what it is. It's like... Oh, yeah, 800 yeah. years of drying time for the timber, and sure. it's designed to funnel the flames through the structure at the top. And uh, that's what happened. So once it gets going, holy crap. And then, you know, we were talking, said, why, like, I don't even see them spray any water. They, it's so, it's too tall for them to even, they can't pump the water that high oh. to spray it effectively. And I read that, you know, the reason they didn't use flying water tankers 
was because the impact of the water was so... <laughs> yeah. Correct. I thought about that when, when you said a flying water tank, because I'm like, you just drop it on it, the whole like, fire would go out, but the entire building would just yeah. explode outward. Yeah, yeah, the pressure of the water would collapse. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. if a flying water tanker came and dropped it on an unburning building? Yeah. Yeah. Just... Yeah. A ton, two tons of water. Two tons of water. Slamming, and the thing's already going like 140 miles an hour. Yeah, exactly. You know, oh. and then add that to the, man, just the weight of the water. Is, yeah, just the, the, whole, leader of the, the whole city's in flames. Leader of the, yeah. leader of the free world, there. Leader of the free world. I'm just going to better move yeah. quick. Thanks. We got it. <laughs> Thanks for the firefighting advice. All right, yeah, well, uh, check out Trailland's podcast and ours or where you get your podcasts. I go on the website, check out the careers tab for any open positions, uh, and it also has our Facebook or uh, Instagram. The, uh, yeah, thank you. Instagram is on the news tab along with every episode of the podcast, and also check us out on Facebook and anywhere you find us. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Really important to keep us up near the top of the the podcast charts where we're not at right now. No, but okay. we'll get there. You with know. your with your help and and with ratings, your help. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're international. Just, now. It's not that hard. One click on the stars. Yeah, preferably the fifth one. The fifth one. But the fifth one meaning on the right. Yeah. So yeah. all five of them so light I'm, up yellow. I'm, I'm definitely. I if only love... one of them lights up yellow, it may be accurate, but that's not the one we want you to click. No, no, that's true. I would love to get emails from or any kind of contact from our. International listeners, leave a comment on the website if you want. Even local listeners. Sure. Any contact. Any contact. Any at all. Storm. Any acknowledgement that what we're doing means a damn. I would love. <laughs> <laughs> I just need that validation to go on. Uh, please. <laughs> any kind of contact at all. I'm not begging. I'm begging. Okay. I am begging. All right. Okay. All right. Well, here all right. is episode 29 with Rachel and Tony from Cherryland Electric. Rachel Johnson, the Member Relations Manager here at Cherryland Electric Cooperative, and we're doing something a little different today. We are recording a joint podcast with another local business who also has a podcast, and they also happen to be Cherryland members. So our favorite kind of local business is a Cherryland member. Um, for those of you who haven't listened to Cherryland's podcast before, uh, we've had the podcast for a few years. It's called Co-op Energy Talk. And we record about once a month, and we discuss everything from state, national, and local energy issues to get to know our employees to what's it like to be a lineman, so all kinds of different kind of energy topics. Um, if that sounds like your jam, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, and the Cherryland website. So I'm joined, as usual today, by our general manager, Tony Anderson. Hey, Tony. Good afternoon. And our co-podcasting crew from Great Lakes Stainless, and I'll let them introduce themselves, but maybe, Mike, do you want to kick us off and let us know about kind of Great Lakes Stainless and what you guys do? And Sure, yep. So I'm Michael DeBrien, so um, president at Great Lakes Stainless. We are located in the Cherryland service area over uh, kind of by Menards and um, over towards Trump's Corner, and so we're a manufacturer. We do um, 
stainless steel cabinets uh, through dealer networks. Those primarily go into hospitals and operating rooms. We do serving counters. We do work in airports. Um, as far as like ticket counters and decorative metals and um, flight information displays. And we've been doing a lot more decorative metals work. We do some mill work. So we kind of have uh, uh, quite a few capabilities in-house. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we get to work with a really talented crew, a couple of which are here today. So Paul, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. First, I want to make sure that this is my water because I, li <laughs> I like you, but not that much. Yes. No, mine, oh, mine, is, great. mine is right here. Okay, good. Yeah, no, this is uh, Paul Campana. And uh, as uh, Mike said, uh, we do a lot with custom metals, decorative metals, and we also have millwork. Um, me specifically, my uh, blessed title is critical account manager and materials control. Uh, and uh, I also am involved in the podcast we do at Great Lakes Stainless. So I've got my fingers in a bunch of stuff. Um, the podcast is called? Uh, oh, man. You, <laughs> you caught me on that one. Very good. <laughs> the podcast is called Mirror Finish, and it's uh, available just like Cherryland's podcast on pretty much any platform out there. Definitely check it out. Uh, but I know none of it could be possible without the man to my right, Travis. Hey. Yeah, you. <laughs> uh, is that my is that my go? Yeah, that's your cue. Uh, sorry, I'm horrible <laughs> at this. Uh, my name is Travis Dalloway. I'm the director of business development at Great Lakes Stainless. So I do a lot with working with our customers, um, recruiting new customers, as well as our social media website and everything like that. So usually I'm kind of the first point of contact. So. If you, uh, if you email info at Great Lakes Stainless, chances are it's me replying. You're the man behind that curtain? Yeah. Yep. Somebody, the the wizard. The, yeah. the wizard. Yeah, all complaints to Travis. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah. Everybody needs yeah. a good laugh. We'll post his cell phone under this <laughs> yeah. podcast when we put it up, so you're welcome. How long have you all been there? Because you're all pretty young looking compared to me. Um, Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and people can't see you, so. Sure. Uh, I've, well, I've been there, I think, April 13th of 2015. Okay. Uh, and actually, Travis kind of brought me I here did. because we both worked at another place, and he left about a little less than a year before. Mm -hmm. And he, I remember I was actually, we were in refinancing a mortgage and talking about employment when he texted me and says, hey, man, are you still looking for an, another job? <laughs> I said, yeah, okay. Yeah. Because I had, I delivered your last paycheck. Yes, you did. And dropped <laughs> off. My resume and Mike <laughs> took me yes, for a tour. That's right, I remember that. Yep. So yeah, yeah that's kind of how it came to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, yeah, I've been there about a year longer than Paul. Mm -hmm. uh, 2014 is when I started, and I actually started as a welder, and moved into the assembly department, doing wiring, welding, and then eventually into estimating, and then sales, and just welding to podcasting. That's yeah. Similar. Right. Welding to podcasting. They're similar. Yeah. It's yeah. the exact same thing. Same skill set for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah, and I've been there since uh, July of 2006, so, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do feel like I should just say, just because you guys make the flight display boards doesn't mean you're responsible for anything <laughs> that's like that, correct. right? That's yep. correct. Uh, that's absolutely it. Yep. Okay, I'm just making sure, because otherwise this is podcasting get over really fast. So. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, so one of the interesting connections between our two organizations is that Cherryland has a zero-interest loan program that we've um, used throughout the years to help local businesses, and you all have been one of the recipients of one of our loans. So, I don't mm -hmm. know, Tony, do you want to maybe just explain the loan program a little bit? For sure. Um, we started, well, before my time, I've been at Cherryland 16 years, but before that, we did a, a water pr project with Blair and set up some revolving loan funds, built them a water sewer system, 
they paid that money back and we've been lending that out we've we've built it up by buying a couple of fire trucks with grand traverse metro long story short we have 1.2 million dollars in loan funds which we revolve through the community zero interest for up to 10 years some loans are five but the maximum of 10 and essentially we ask a business to create one job for every 20,000 borrowed and we've done 3.6 million in loans in the last 15 years and you guys like we don't need to talk about what size you got but Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a couple of years now, I think. Yeah. Or? Yep. What, yeah, was, what was your loan for? You um, that was for some expansion. We were running our uh, our offices that had been built out into the um, into the into the shop. You know, basically they were inside the manufacturing space. So uh, we were out of room in the office. We were out of room in the shop. So we tore those out to free up shop space and built a bigger um, bigger office to accommodate some of the expansion and growth. Um, you know, we were both having and anticipating. So. It was really valuable to help uh, help us expand right there, you know, in Grand in the Cherryland area, um, and be able to create jobs and opportunities. Uh, you know, in this, how many in this jobs event. did you create, and uh, how many overall jobs do you have at Great Lakes Stainless? Well, my personal masseuse wouldn't have been possible. <laughs> yeah. that loan, so I, I really appreciate. Uh, that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to read those. Resp- <laughs> I'm gonna have to actually read those expense reports. Apparently, but, I'm, I'm gonna uh, have to come over and do an inspection. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, so we have probably added uh, since we did that probably between seven to ten jobs, yeah. which puts us at about uh, you know depending on um, I don't know exactly where we're at we're right around sixty five mm-hmm. between sixty five and seventy so employees. So what kinds yeah. of growth do you guys see kind of on your horizon when you look out you know three five seven years from now? Um, well, our goal is to grow uh, revenues anyway, um, which also uh, generally means growing employment between 10 and 20% a year. So we don't want to fall too far below 10%, uh, but we found that going more than 20% can be not very fun either. Yeah. So uh, that's that's kind of where we set our targets. So, um, you know, we hope over the next three to five years to, you know, hopefully add another 15 to 25 employees and the associated revenue and products for it. So do you have the space to do that where you're at now? Do you think? Um, yeah, I think we do have the space, uh, depending on the projects. Uh, you know, some of the stuff we build is pretty large and I mean, we've got a bar in there right now that we're setting up for the Saginaw casino and that thing takes up a very large amount of space. I mean, it's this huge, huge bar. We did a casino down at Gun Lake. Um, even though we have a pretty good sized shop, about 50,000 square feet of manufacturing space, um, we still don't have room to set up the whole 110 feet of that buffet line. No. Uh, wow. And once that, we kind of had to set it up in two different sections. So some of the stuff we build is, is really big, um, but generally we can cycle those through pretty quickly. Um, we're running two shifts now. We start a small second shift, so that helps helps us uh, utilize the space to the best of our ability. So we, we plan on staying there for, for the foreseeable future and should be able to accommodate our growth. So. How big is your sales force? Because you have uh, business customers all across the country. Yep. How do you find them, and how many people do you have out beating the bushes to find new customers? Uh, Travis just does a great job. He's working really hard. So it's, <laughs> that's, that's true. it. We do have uh, we do have just an incredible. He, he needs a bigger title. Then. Needs, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, so Travis is the one. He's out on the road uh, doing that. Um, but we did have we're fortunate to have just truly outstanding experience estimating staff who's really able to, you know, once Travis opens the door and gets them in, he can hand them off pretty confidently to any one of our estimators who, like I said, 
very experienced, really know it, and the customers can tell that right away. So, um, um, you know, we we saw an opportunity to market in some of these decorative metals um, where, you know, the customers seemed to be, quite frankly, overjoyed that we were willing to even bid on the stuff that they had. Uh, so we put together a little program, and Travis executed it, and it was uh, it was quite successful as far as opening up a new market for us. Um, across the country, we're working on, uh, you know, we just delivered stuff to New York today that's going to do a Wells Fargo offices in downtown New York City. We got the contracts for some projects for hotels in um, Florida, down in Miami. We're doing yeah, some work Miami, down there. Fort, yeah. Fort Lauderdale area. Fort Lauderdale. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we are... Uh, Taking our taking our products and shipping them nationally, and taking some of you know money from out of the state and right. uh, into our community, which is um, you know which I'm pretty proud of. Who puts it together when it arrives in New York or Nashville? Um, that would be our customers. Generally, we're furnish only. We don't do okay. much install work. Okay. Um, you know, we get a warranty team that'll go out on the road occasionally, take care of issues, but we don't install. That's our customers that are responsible for the installation. We'll fabricate it and you know work with them on the design and send instructions on how it goes together sure. but then they they have install crews that that install yeah. it on all these sites so you you said something about that these customers are just ecstatic that you're willing to bid the projects is that because you have have unique capabilities or is there just not a lot of other um kind of high quality organizations out there willing to take on decorative I metal think projects it's probably a it? combination of u- unique capabilities and poor judgment so <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know they're not they're not easy you know some some of it's fairly high risk i mean you're working with patinas and some of these hmm. very expensive base metals you know i mean they solid brass and i mean if you ruin one i mean these things can be some of the stuff that we've seen i mean the material itself is you know 80 to 100 dollars a lineal foot for some of this you know thick heavy brass bar so, so the stakes are yep. expensive and yep. that so that risk level is high so that that thins out the people who are willing to take it on when there's Lots of other work, and they don't have to. They're like, no thanks. So, and just the size of the scope too. You mm-hmm. know, the rather large jobs where there's there's a lot of people that can do, you know, they, they can work with these base metals, but it's on a much smaller scale. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of these projects that we're bidding and we're working on are, are large projects. And so, it, it takes a company, you know, similar to ours, with several employees, and that has the resources to be able to put together a project that big. What's your best mistake story? Mine personally? <laughs> well, well, not in your personal life, but I'm thinking, what metal oh, did you man. mess up? And Did oh, you have a hundred foot of brass somewhere? And I mean, if it's family appropriate, yeah. you need to go with the personal <laughs> yeah, yeah, example yeah. Yeah. you can. But. Huh. Yeah. yeah, we've had... Uh, well, you're, you're sitting around having beers, and you talk about, well, you remember that one time when we did X? Yeah, some of them, well, we're just dealing with one right now where we did a patina finish and put it into a commercial setting. Um I mean, it looked good. The customer loved it when it got there, but now it's it's uh, actually peeling off. So that's something oh, we really. So that's one of those that's one of those risk things where you know. Tell them it's antique patina. Antique, yes, right. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 a it's double patina. Yeah, so no, it's, you, that's you tough because you don't have the opportunity to test how it's going to age in the environment you're going right. to install it in. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, correct. And a lot of times they want the stuff to look old right away and. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like you wanted something new that looked old, so here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It looks le- legitimately old. Mm-hmm. No, it's seen, it's seen life. Yeah. <laughs> so conversely, what's your the uh, project you're most proud of the last five years? Mm. Remember we got those uh, 
with those big subway signs up to New York, like in record time. Yeah, yeah. that one that was, was a really a good, good one. one. Yeah, we did uh, some information displays for uh, was it Second Avenue the or new, Second new Land Second? Line? Yep, the new Second yeah. Avenue subway. They they came in and uh, I think it was in less than four weeks. We had to design, fabricate, and deliver a bunch of really big, either built-in or freestanding stainless steel um, information displays uh, for the Second Avenue subway. And they got there and they loved them. They said, "Wow, these are beautiful." Yeah, mm-hmm. turned out really. We pulled good. it off, yeah, in a and fabulously short amount of time. And now all of our listeners, when you're in New York, you have to go to <laughs> exactly. the, go take Second a selfie Island. in front of the Second Avenue subway <laughs> sign and tag yep. all of us. Yes, we'll, exactly. That's right. Yeah. You can't miss them. They're big, huge stainless and glass uh, things with all the posters and information in them. Yeah. So who knew they our, made our it? Our listeners here. also don't need to plan ahead because apparently four weeks is enough time to build anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, they they paid pretty pretty handsomely for the privilege <laughs> yeah. of getting those yeah. things and. Uh, <laughs> In four weeks, let me tell so you. time has a price. Is what you Correct, know. yes. Well, I feel like we've dominated with questions about what you guys do, but I'm sure that energy issues kind of are things you th- – I've listened to some of your podcasts. I've even oh, listened good. to the one where you guys were talking about solar. Oh, good. I can't mm. remember an employee who was maybe taking some classes. Yeah, Skyler. Skyler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Skyler. That's right. So I, I would assume that you have a question or two for us about energy issues. Well, I mean, for me, I'm a trailer and customer personally as well, and uh, I was really interested in the solar He'd like program. to talk about his bill from December. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gl- yeah. I'm so glad that you guys had us on because I got a bone to pick. As long as you have your lights on right now, yeah. we can talk right. about that. Um, so, but I'm very interested in getting solar at my house, and for anyone else that's interested in that, what's the process and the steps to initiate that? Well, if you want to put the panels actually on your house, that's our net metering program. Okay. And so you, you would see a number of uh, – there, there's a wide range of number of local installers. We can get you a list of local re- reputable I- installers and uh, start with them, get a price from them, and then talk to us about how it's going to integrate in your present load. And any energy you put on the grid that you don't use inside your house, uh, we pay 5.6 cents for. So our net medium program really incentivizes you to use the energy inside your home where you can save 12 cents a kilowatt hour. Okay. And so that's what we try to work with you. Here's your load, and here's about an average solar system and uh, to take care of that load. And obviously there's going to be times when you're gone or whatnot where there will be excess on the grid. And that's some of the math you have to do to... uh, figure out your return. So net metering is really simple. We do have community solar where if you don't want to mess with holes in your roof or you have trees in your yard, you can buy into a community solar panel at $600 each. And those are no 335-watt panels in our community solar array that's currently sitting over by uh, Wolverine Power Cooperative's office on M55 by Cadillac. So that's, that's an option too, and that goes directly on your bill. Those are our two best options. You know, if you want to go bigger and just, we call it buy all, sell all. If you want to go up to 100 kW and just push it all out onto the grid, we have a program for that as well. And that's six and a half cents. None of that goes into your house. You just push it all to us and we'll pay you six and a half cents for it. Okay. So that's like the people you see, they have like an acre or two of solar Mm -hmm. panels, like in a field beside their house. That's that. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. We call it buy all, sell all. Okay. Or BASA. Okay. Nice. And we do offer some rebates as well. But the biggest thing is 
figuring out what your low profile in your home looks like. And if you, mm. if you do that right, that will answer the question of what should I build or which, which of those programs makes the most sense for me. Where people tend to get into trouble is they don't look at the low profile of their home mm. and then they make assumptions that don't end up being true at the end of the month when they look at their bill. Okay. Or they, or they talk to a, a dealer or an installer who says, well, it's going to produce X amount and you'll, your returns, you're going to get paid back in eight years. And that's not always the case, you know, because they may be calculating a, a 12 cent return and we're actually at 5.6. You know, you, you got to mm-hmm. get the math right. Sure. To, you, to your knowledge of any of your customers, do you know of any of the customers have actually, because I was interested, um, you know, Tesla has these home batteries, which mm-hmm. seem to make some sense. So you can really use all your power when you're right. generating that extra power, you can actually store it and then, you know, handle some of your peak loads. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you guys uh, have seen any customers do that. I, I would imagine it's a fairly rare thing still across the country. We don't have anyone with a power wall right now. Okay. That, that we're aware of. Okay. Um, but the- that is certainly... The other kind of element floating around out here, right, is that the the calculation becomes different once you add in your own battery backup. But what we're talking about today always starts with the assumption that your backup is the grid. Yeah. And that's where kind of making sure what your low pro- profile is makes is yeah. so important. Um, battery prices are coming down, but they're not to the level yet where we're seeing any movement at all. The Tesla Powerwall battery, I think, is over $3,000. And on the average home... It's going to light you up for maybe an hour, two if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. So, so people people get this thing like, well, I'll get one Tesla bat, you know, power wall. It looks really cool. Right. I'll hang it on my wall, and then I'm set. Well, you're set for about <laughs> sixty minutes, or so. and then yeah. if you want to use a lot, you're set for less. You need multiple. They can be uh, sure daisy chains get together. Uh, for another three thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a good product. It's just an expensive product right now. And we have a lot of solar installers, and what do we have, 80 net metering accounts, something like that? 90 net metering accounts. And very few of them have batteries. Sure. Very, very few. Now, on a a commercial, I mean, I think we might have talked about this a little bit on the – and I've never really talked about it, but as a commercial customer, we pay a fairly low rate, but um, we pay a very – like half of our bill sometimes is Mm -hmm. our demand demand charges, right? which – you know, hopefully, I'll, I'll, t- I'll make an attempt to explain it, and then you can correct you can, you can correct my explanation. <laughs> right. But my understanding of the demand charges is um, that is the cost for Cherryland to be prepared to meet the highest demand I have for I think it's a fifteen minute period or yes, something like that's that. Correct. That's correct. That, that fifteen exactly. period is f- between seven and seven a.m. and seven fifteen. Mm-hmm. We fire up all the you know. Uh, yeah. Forty horsepower vacuum pump and the yeah. seventy horsepower, you know, hydraulic motor on the brake press. Those things all kick on, right. and you know, all of a sudden, Cherry lands, you know, running around pushing buttons. I just picture just total panic over here, pushing <laughs> buttons, levers, ramping sure up buttons. the levers, oh, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. dials. And Actually, if we do our job right, there, there's no panic. Yes, no, I'm no. sure. I'm <laughs> sure. Just... There's there's a transformer sitting somewhere outside your uh, building that's its size for that load. Yes, uh-huh. yep, and it's it's size for that peak load. And then when, when you're not at peak, it's just sitting there doing nothing, just waiting. So you, you're, you're paying to have that ability to, to go as high as you need to um, because we have the investment in that equipment to do that. Absolutely, yeah. That's, that's why if we could – a second shift is really great because that's using that transformer more and it's using it during some off-peak times. So yep. and, and we, even though we, we like second shift a lot. 
Sure, spread yeah. it around. Yeah, yeah, right. I was I was surprised too because we participated in a program uh, through Cherryland. You had a rebate for motion sensors and all the lights in the shop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, it saves power because I could never find all the light switches in the right. 50,000 square feet. I mean, other times yep. I just gave up and left. I'm like, well, it'll be on till tomorrow. That's yeah. probably not good. Well, we'd like that too. <laughs> <laughs> but right. I was I was I surprised because we have some pretty high load, um, you know, equipment that we yep. use. Um, and the lights are fairly efficient. They're either the T5 uh, mm-hmm. efficient fluorescents or LEDs. But the, we saw there was a noticeable drop in our and our power yeah. bill by putting those motion sensors cool. yeah. uh, that, on. That, that was a gift from Governor Granholm. We we have a mandate to conserve 1% of our prior year sales. Mm-hmm. It was originally called the Energy Optimization Program. Now it's the Energy Waste Reduction Program. But we're the only business in the state of Michigan incentivized to sell less of our product. <laughs> <laughs> take your sales, take your last year's sales and reduce them by 1%. And, and tell me that done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We have to do that on an annual basis. Wow. And it, it benefits the customer. It saves energy, so it is good. I make light of it. it it's somewhat time-consuming and an administrative hassle to get that all done. But we've successfully done that for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and all but, kinds of projects like that where someone has seen immediate savings, which is obviously mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the goal. But yeah. when you were talking about your demand charge, the thing I was thinking about, kind of when, whether it's solar or batteries, like an opportunity there is for us to work with – let's say a commercial member and say if we do battery is there a way that we can use batteries to help (laughs) shave down your demand i only need i can drain those batteries in 15 minutes and it achieves significant cost savings and uh you know lessens what you need to be prepared to deliver to me you know because we Mm -hmm. all just take for granted you throw that switch on and it starts up you know i mean i that vacuum pump is 40 horsepower that draws uh was it dry? So it's something like 48 amps at 480 volts. I sure. Mean, yeah. Three phase. That is a significant piece of equipment. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, to yeah. take it for granted that you just flip that switch and it comes on every time, yeah. uh, there has to be some serious, um, you know, infrastructure behind it in yeah. order to generate that kind and of power. And there is, but that's the, that's the math that needs to be done in the battery world. Sure. Can, can you get that battery set up and make it pay? Right, right. So, but, yeah. The, the possibility is certainly there. Now, you were talking about, you know, Every year you're supposed to reduce, was it 1%? Mm-hmm. 1% it? of the prior year sales. Now, but, uh, Cherryland is non-profit, is that correct? Yep. Okay, so for uh, a power company that is for-profit, how would something like that be sustainable? How would they make up that lost revenue year after year? Should we talk about rate basing? Yeah. So they get to they get to get a return on their investment in their energy waste reduction. They, they get to build into their rate structure a return. And in addition to that, it creates uh, re- the way that the law was originally written, you could charge people on their bill for energy waste reduction, use that money to pay partially for administrative cost, sure. whatever they may be, and then um, also invest in energy waste reduction. So it's created a, fun- a revenue stream, and they're able to get a rate of return. Yeah. Okay. We don't yeah. charge the rate. Right. So we so we pay for our energy waste reduction program out of our general fund. We budget for it yeah. annually. Um, but the other piece that's a little different, you kind of point out we're not for profit. We've actually already always done this. We've had an energy use advisor on staff since at least the 70s mm-hmm. who would c- come into people's homes and help them figure out how to meet mm-hmm. their energy goals, whatever that might to be. To not waste energy. Sure. Yep. Yeah, we um, we okay. want to sell it, but we don't want to waste it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Key yeah. is efficiency. Yeah. yeah. So we've always done that. And so when the as, the, as we kind of got through the initial implementation of our state-mandated program, 
we eventually just decided to not charge people on the bill, handle this like we always have, which is just the right thing to do to mm-hmm. have someone on staff to do that. But it's still a bunch of staff time spent tracking kilowatt hours that only exist on spreadsheets. And what would be really cool is if all that staff time could actually be in the field working with members to meet their energy goals, right? So that's the, sure. that's the trade-off of having it be state-mandated as opposed to what we always did as a not-for-profit cooperative. Yeah, if you have a house on Cherryland, I can send you or hand you a, a sack of LED bulbs today. And I can go to my spreadsheet and get credit for that under the EO program or EWR program. Okay. But I don't know where you screwed those light bulbs in at, and I don't know how long those light bulbs are on. That's mm-hmm. one of the flaws in the program. Uh, it, it's not perfect. Okay. So a, you've now got a stack of LED bulbs that you may not right. screw in anywhere for five years, but I just took credit as an energy reduction this year. Okay. So there's that lack of uh, accountability, I guess, to the end user. Like they, there's, like you said, you don't there's know. No way. There's, mm-hmm. there's no way. To I, I don't have time to be bugging no. you every day. <laughs> yeah, Where, no. Where's light bulb A I gave you? <laughs> Did you put it in your closet or yeah. your living room? Sure. Yeah. And then you got guys like Mike walking around shutting them off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, that's one reason I like you know the, um, the podcast format so much because how many people would really know? About that. And mm-hmm. I think power companies are, you know, one thing that's been, you know, it's almost a, a punchline. They're vilified. And mm-hmm. when people, it's something when everything's going right, nobody notices. But when something right. goes bad, everybody's up in arms. Like I know people that, uh, you know, the power goes out for whatever reason and they're just irate on the phone. And it's like, do you really think that they're just sitting around while the power is out, yeah. not doing anything? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's people with families out literally risking their lives, probably in inclement weather. So you Most can, often, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you know, watch Netflix or something. So right. I, I just, yeah. so I, th- I think it's really nice that people see the other the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, so I've been with Cherryland for seven years this year. And the thing that strikes me is how personally everyone who works here takes it when the power right. is out like there's a lot of personal pride in what we do and so no no one here takes it no one here is more upset about right. the power being out than those of us who take really seriously the fact that that's our job um but i also uh, used to manage our facebook i don't anymore because the wonderful rob marsh handles <laughs> that on our behalf producer rob yes but um i saw exactly what you're describing which was this kind of immediate um very very angry reaction and if you really look at the numbers, most people may go 15 years and have a single power outage. And that's how intolerant <laughs> yeah. we've become. Like yeah. we're mm-hmm. so we're doing, we do such a good job that we don't know how to li- to live without power for more than a, you know, oh, yeah. an hour. And at the same time, you can also see if you look throughout our service territory, we kind of joke, but there are certain parts where they're clearly hardier stock because their lights go <laughs> off and they'll wait 24 hours and be like, hey, I'm sure you guys are already on this, but just want to <laughs> check in. And then you have other parts of our service territory where it's... Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. really, that's interesting. Yeah. In, in the 1950s, we used to get postcards of my powers out, you know. Their power would go out on the farm. They'd, they'd write a letter or a postcard to the co-op and mail it to let them know. Not that I was around That's in 1950. Tell us more about I, that I'm old, old but yeah. every co-op has a story about the, the guy who, oh. when they got a postcard from a farmer or a rancher, that their power was out. Because yeah. they were used to not having power in those days. Sure. It's like, oh. Well, it's out. They'll get here when they get here. When you here. get a chance. Yeah. 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 When, it, when it's convenient, just... Right. And then now <laughs> it's just the opposite. You have oh, yeah. We, well, the minute, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Our, our reliability is 
consistently 99.98. And we try to get four nines. Sometimes we can get five nines, but we're consistently 99.98 or better. Sure, and if you ask the same people that you get upset about power outage, it's like name one other thing in your life that is that reliable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and if we're ever at .96, that's a terrible year for us. Sure. And that's a big storm somewhere, you know, like March of 12 or August of 15. Mm -hmm. Right. Those suck because our four nines go down to three nines and a six. Mm -hmm. That's not acceptable. Yeah, I remember that one in 12 was a really heavy wet snow. Seven seven days of heavy wet snow, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that. We were out of power for, yeah, I think three days. I mean, that's the longest I ever remember being out Mm -hmm. without power for... Yeah, we had some people out seven days. Man, yeah. just some, just a handful. I, I think yeah. for that one, I never lost power. I didn't either. No. And then for August of 15, I didn't lose it either, but that storm was well north of me. Yeah, no, that was more Leelanau County yeah. mostly. And, and then the, but I do remember um, a friend of mine, his parents were out for, like you said, seven days, and mm-hmm. they had a, I had a generator they had to borrow. But yeah. I think for me, the long, and I'm out down by Carlin in mm-hmm. Benzie County. Yep. And uh, the longest I was ever out, it was way back, like three days, and some storm had ripped through Thompsonville. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but I think, but again, that was 15 years ago or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I've had that. I've had personally really good experience with reliability. Yeah. Well, we're glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, you can Facebook us now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You can email us now. We have a lot of faster options than sending a letter or a postcard. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming the check's in the mail. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, well, you're in, you can grab a po- stack of power outage postcards. Mail one in if your power goes out. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I don't know if this – maybe it was Charlie who used to say, tell us this story, but it used to be that there would, they would assign one lineman's wife to go – to take the calls. And so anybody who had an outage would call that lineman's wife and then she'd meet a line truck at a gas station and let them know where all they needed to go next because she was the person taking all the calls. Have you ever heard that story? Not that particular story, but Hmm. yeah, in a different state in a different time, I did have those calls go to my house. Oh, even better. We'll put Tony's, we'll put Tony's home number on this podcast. A little Radio Shack diverter. Hanging on the wall at the office, so you leave the office at four o'clock and you hit the diverter, oh, and, and all the calls go because we had no call center, small co-op in Wyoming. Oh wow! So I would take wow. them, and my wife would take them in Wyoming. Yeah, That's crazy. I went through Wyoming. First time I ever actually drove through Wyoming was a couple of years ago. You really get an appreciation for wide yeah. open spaces. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> The, the running joke, which I've told the dozens of times, is we had one chainsaw at the co-op in Wyoming, and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not yeah. necessary. Man, yeah. there was, I mean, there are just amazing stretches with nothing. Yep. Yep. I've never been out there. I know you have, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah I lived out, I lived in Utah for a few years, so okay. I, I drove, drove across Wyoming yep. a couple different times. And... Yep. No, we have automated meters here that we can read from the office, so we know what's going on at your mm-hmm. house. Out there, we just went on a hill and looked for Mike's yard bl- yard light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh, wow. Tom's yard uh, light. That's like yeah. uh, that's yeah, like the, <laughs> so the when we did the uh, airport in Minot, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. We were up there once, and it's so flat. Uh, you know, one of the guys was up there. He's like, "Hey, you can watch your dog run away for three days." So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And your wife, and yeah. your wife, <laughs> and your kids. Exactly. Yeah. It's still going. I can still yeah. see them. It's still going. It's very flat. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you were talking, Rachel, about you know how people here take that personally. 
I remember your last podcast. You have a guy retiring. We sure do. We do. Jim we're, Carpenter, well, yes. That's right, yeah. yeah. The legend. He, he thinks he's retiring. Yeah. We're really getting rid of him. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's time. It's time. So if you see him, tell him congratulations on the retirement. The retirement. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I remember you, you guys were talking about that specifically, how mm-hmm. like, you know, he takes it really personally. It's, yeah. Oh, he, he does, yeah. Yeah. And what, so what did he, what is he doing right now here? Well, right now he is retiring as our safety director and line superintendent. So he oversees all of our maintenance contractors and um, also our safety program. But he started on a tree crew. So he was a tree trimmer when he got started. If you mean this very minute, I just saw him on with a tool belt on. He's trying to fill his time. This week. Probably fixing a toilet <laughs> somewhere. He's fixing a toilet or, or some piece of mechanical equipment downstairs. Other duties is assigned yeah. is the best way to yeah. describe uh, Jim's tenure at Trying Trey. to keep busy so he can. Well, uh, yes, that's the bottom of every job description. Other yeah. duties Other yeah. Yeah. is assigned. Yeah. Well, when you first started at GLS, you, were, you started finishing, right? Yeah, yep. So right out no, in the shop grinding. Terry had the... Now, that was a really good thing he did. He put me out in the shop. In fact, uh, Rob, who was the shop supervisor at the time, he, was a little, he just thought I was another finisher a day and a half later when he found out I was actually the son-in-law who was yeah, well, out there. He's like, oh, you didn't tell me. I was like, I'm just grinding tubs, man. Ex- explain that a little bit. You're who Terry is, so our listeners know who yes, Terry is. Yes, yep, and, so Terry And Terry what Burton, it's like to uh, follow the, a legend like Terry Burton. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, well, I can't really uh you know some shoes you can't fill you just kind of have to uh well, try and shuffle you, along but uh, you're filling them, you're filling them. <laughs> I, I don't know about that but uh terry is um he started great lake stainless um and owned it and so we just just uh at the very end of last year uh, my wife and i bought it from him so now we own it but um yeah he brought me up i was down uh in grand rapids actually doing real estate appraisals but he said hey if you ever wanted an opportunity i don't want to do this forever you want to come up and learn the business i said well i don't want to look back and think uh, what if i would have done that mm-hmm. so um you know my wife and i my my family was up my parents were up here in Trevor city so um we decided to take a chance and move back and leave the world of real estate and finance and go into manufacturing it's, it's been a great move but so when he came up here terry said you know um you should go out and start. So the first six months I spent on the shop floor, just moved from department to department, learned how to weld a little bit, learned about the guys who were working out on the floor, um, you know, grinding grinding tubs. I know what it's like to have my head inside a tub and run a grinder down the weld and, um, you know, all that stuff. I never got any good at any of it, but at least I had some idea <laughs> of, uh, of, of what it entailed. I'm not good at anything electrically <laughs> yeah, either. Right. Uh, so that was, I mean, that was just a great experience, really. Um you know, gave me an opportunity to get to know the the guys and gals on the shop floor who are uh, actually doing the doing the work, building the stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, making the things for the customers and that uh, people around the world. You know, I mean, we do serving counters and ticket ticket counters for airports. So uh, the stuff we build, um, you know, hospital room ca- or operating room cabinets. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's it's kind of nice to have. You feel like you're making a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, Every day with the things you make. I mean, they're going out there. They're going to be kind of an integral part of people's lives, you know, whether they're traveling or eating or, um, you know, in a hospital. Uh, you know, they're around we our stuff. We think the so. same about electricity. Yes, exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. You, can't make that, you can't make that incision if you don't have lights. Right, sure. yeah. correct. So how, I have a question. So we've kind of talked a little bit about some technologies that are going to change our industry a little, but how, I hear so much about kind of this, like, industry 4.0 and the changes in manufacturing so how do you think technology is going to change what you do 
Well, I think from my perspective, because I deal a lot with inventory, um, we use uh, QR codes and iPads mm -hmm. to monitor and replenish inventory. And, I mean, it doesn't doesn't really get any easier than that. I mean, I know there's real big, huge companies out there have automated purchasing and everything like that. Uh, but, you know, that definitely for us and a lot of the, the guys on the floor who aren't familiar with that level of technology, I go out and explain, yeah, just if you get low on that part, flip this card around, scan the QR code, and it'll be here in a couple of days. And they're just, really? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, so yeah. for me, that's where I see it. It's yeah, a, it's interesting too, though, because what you're saying is that for people who maybe they got into a job because they had a, a mechanical skill set, mm -hmm. that that now they also need to have this at least a competency with basic technology, right? Sure, they know how to scan and submit and all that. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Right. And and in some of the other things, um, you know, you just gotta keep your eyes open because you can't always tell where it's gonna come from. Uh, you know, we have two lasers right now, our original laser, which is a CO2 laser, which is just the, um, that's what kind of resonator it has. Um, and those lasers have been around for 30 or 40 years. They're reliable and well-known. It was an industry standard. Um, but, uh, and if anybody's interested in owning a very fine <laughs> CO2 laser, you currently have one for sale. Uh, because one of the technologies that came out um, is the fiber laser technology. And within a matter of years, it completely changed in uh, industry. Um, and so we, we bought one. You know, we just recently had to make that investment, uh, which was a very, very good one. But the cut speed, you know, on 18-gauge stainless, mm -hmm. for example, was literally 10 times faster. It's not an incremental improvement. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we used to cut it you know, 180 inches a minute, and now we're cutting at 1,800 inches a minute. I mean, wow. the speed is uh, just phenomenally different. There's not a – so technologies like that, you know, you see those come along. Um, they're not terribly optionable or, or optional. I mean, yeah, that's you just, a, you gotta you can, do it. Yes, you yeah. can't do it, you know. Well, Travis, you were showing me just the other day a bunch of metrics you were looking at for marketing, and I was surprised how – you know, intensive and comprehensive. Things. Oh, just the, the free Google stuff. Just yeah. Google Analytics, AdWords campaigns, everything like that. You know, it's mm -hmm. you can get so in-depth with that stuff. You know, the the search console, you mm -hmm. know, and, it, and it's just like it's invaluable, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, and really with the data, I mean, even though we're making, you know, I mean, we're welding, we're weld shop and sheet metal and brake presses. Um, you know, one of the markets, that decorative metals market we were talking about, that's because um, over the past few years we've been really disciplined uh, with our data as far as coding it and tracking it. And that gave us the opportunity to, um, the ability to see in there where we had some opportunities mm -hmm. where we had higher margins and we could record the feedback and you could see that and graphs and charts. So we do that throughout the organization, a lot of data, data management, including, you know, on the marketing end, some traditional stuff that you might see, but we're doing that same thing with our, uh, our own internal our own internal data as right. far as what yeah, kind of from, what how much money we're making on different different business because we have a number of different um you know market areas that we that we work in so being able to track those and uh you know understand them and see them change over time and really look for the opportunities has been uh just invaluable that's really cool i think i mean, we don't have time to get into this but i think that data in general is change is just putting so much sure awesome but like real like momentum pressure on so many different industries we definitely see it here i mean think about the fact that today i have access to minute by minute usage data for every single endpoint on my system <laughs> wow that taking doing something with that data itself is takes a tremendous amount of computing power but if you get it right the predictive power of that is 
it's awesome, right? Right. So, Does not mean we know what's going on inside your home. We just know <laughs> yeah. how much energy you're using. It, it also doesn't mean we care. But right. Yeah. yeah. Right. We don't have time. Yeah. No, yeah exactly. Time. Yeah, but it's that's cool. I'm, I was surprised at how specific a lot of that the information you were mm-hmm. able to it was available. I mean, down to the demographics and even oh, I mean, you showed me well this person clicked and went right back. They didn't spend any time on the page, but this person clicked on this page and this one and this one. It just amazes me how, yeah. how detailed it can get. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. It's I never really got into it until probably about three or four months ago, really heavily into it. And yeah, it's it's valuable tools for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because you can start to figure out, I, can, I, have, I have two marketing dollars. Yeah. I can spend them to reach someone who's not actually interested in my product, or exactly. I can spend them to reach, or I can reach five someone's who aren't interested, or one someone who is. Exactly. And that's incredibly mm-hmm. a, a powerful way to use your marketing resources. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, guys, this has been a super fun podcast. I'm kind of glad you decided to come over and hang out with us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah us, too. Yeah. We might, yep. we might have to do, do another one absolutely. sometime. Sure, you bet. I think so. Um, I, I appreciate the, the time, and I'm going to give one last shout-out for listeners of both podcasts. If you are a current Co-op Energy Talk listener, I encourage you to go over and check out Mirror Finish. Thank you. The Great Lakes Stainless Podcast. And if you are a Mirror Finish listener and you think energy is cool, then I encourage you to come hang out with us and check out Co-op Energy Talk. Thanks again, yeah. guys. Yeah, thank All you right. so Thank much. you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys.